Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. For those of you who are new, my name is Braden. I'm one of the pastors here. Keith is pastoring in, or pastoring, he's preaching in the Midland campus today. And so you are stuck with the mustache. Um, I was joking in the first service. Uh, I'm in, everybody's in different seasons of their life. Like I'm in that season of my life where I'm, uh, I want a good fishing shirt for every day of the week. And so uh, that's the season of life I'm in. Then I woke up this morning and now it was cold again and I had to put a jacket on one of my new fishing shirts. So um, that has nothing to do with anything I'm going to say the rest of the day. So that was just a little, little extra. It, I said Keith and it made me think of because Keith's always so stylish. You have to tell him I said Keith's actually got a, a stylist. Has he told anybody that yet? Your face, is saying, your face is saying he hadn't told anybody. Keith's got a stylist. Anyway, Malachi chapter 1. Um, today is a bit of one of, it's one of these messages where if I'm just being really honest with you, the Lord began to deal with me on this particular subject in my own life and in some areas that were just, honestly, just slipping. And I don't know if you've ever had the Lord bring up something to you that was kind of painful uh, before, but it's like, e, yeah, I, I need to work on that. And I just figured out, well, I'm kind of the boss in some ways. So if I'm going to hurt, you're going to hurt. So we're just going to hurt together as we talk about some of the things I want to talk about uh, today. I, I heard a message in, in 2012 by a guy named Chris Hodges, who brilliant, brilliant uh, pastor and leader. At the time when I heard this message in 2012, I think it was like year number three of consecutive years in a row where he was named, his church was named there in Birmingham, Alabama, the fastest growing church in the United States of America. Uh, the guy's absolutely incredible, uh, full spirit filled, uh, uh, incredible, incredible community. Chris is actually an LSU business grad turned pastor. He had a uh, Stocksteel, not Joel Stocksteel, what was, um, Larry Stocksteel was his pastor. I don't know if you guys have heard of Larry Stocksteel. Larry Stocksteel's done incredible work there in Louisiana. And so uh, Chris came up under that ministry, thinking he was going business, got a business degree. In fact, the, the foundational uh, financial principles that we still use today, I learned from, from Chris at, at a training there in Church of the Highlands. But anyway, I, I heard a message that he preached. I'm actually going to straight steal the title of his message because I don't know that it can be improved upon. Uh, the title of the message today is, Where is the Honor? Where is the Honor? I'll talk I'll read just real quick where this came from. In Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, it says, As a son honors his father and a slave his master, if I am a father, where is the honor? Just say that out loud. Where is the honor? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me? Like I said, this is an area of my life where I, if I'm just being honest, I, I looked up one day and I was like, ooh, I'm slipping a bit. I, I was raised in a family where uh, we had a high, high value for honor. Uh, I went to churches growing up that had a high value for honor. In fact, recently we added, uh, we knew that the Lord was building something unique here when we moved here. We had 10 core values that we knew were going to be important to us. But we also had what we call our 11th core value that said to be determined. And that was us saying, okay, Lord, we know we don't have it all figured out. I'm sure there's some things that need to be important to us, or maybe they are and we just haven't recognized it. And so we left some room uh, for him to kind of improve us in that area. We've recently added 11 and 12, and the 12th core value right now is honor. It's, it's a high value to us. I grew up in a family that had honor. I grew up in a church that taught about honor, uh, probably not as much in the way that I look at it today. One of the things that we talk about 
in our culture now as it pertains to honor is 360 degree honor. You honor up, you honor sideways, and you honor down. I grew, I grew up in a culture where we were really good at honoring up. We had a high value for spiritual leaders and, and, and all of that. We didn't necessarily learn how to honor 360. And so uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of that today. But again, I grew up in a family of honor. One of the, one of the ways I knew this was we were not allowed, as kids, we were not allowed to talk talk negatively about the teachers and coach, our teachers and our coaches. And can we just all be honest? Your, your kids have something to say about their teachers and their coaches. And if you've ever coached a team, God bless you, because we talked about you behind your back. Um, but I, I noticed, like I, we were just not, we were not allowed to do that. We were not allowed to talk about our coaches and teachers. I found out later uh, that oftentimes my parents, they would defend a teacher or a coach when we were there and then schedule a private meeting and have it out behind closed doors. But they did such a good job of teaching us honor. And I've, I've noticed this year, for those of you who don't know, we are like, we are like a volleyball family now. We are big time volleyball. It is what we do. I grew up with all boys. And so volleyball was not something we played necessarily. But now that I have all girls, like I'm, I'm like in it to win it. And I have noticed recently that I am not passing along the same measure of honor to my kids as it pertains to their coaches as my kids did me. In fact, many a tournament have, have ended with me in the car saying, I'm going to tell you what she should have done. What an idiot. And I'm like, "Woo, this is, this is not much honor coming out of my mouth. So like I said, we're, we're just going to hurt together today as we learn about and talk about honor um, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What this scripture is telling us is that at any given moment, we are either being conformed to the world or we are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is no middle ground. And I'll just say this, honor is countercultural. Our culture doesn't believe in honor. It doesn't honor. It doesn't value honor. Uh, in, in fact, as we're talking about this, I just want you to understand something. Um, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and Fox and CNN, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Fox and CNN are not going to be like, you know what? We've been very dishonoring to the other side. We're going to start honoring each other. That, it's not going to happen. There's not, epiphany's not going to happen tonight where all of a sudden they realize, you know what? This is not doing our country any good. This divisiveness, this slant, it's not working. We're going to all just begin to respect and honor one another. In fact, no other entity on the planet is going to do that, which is why it's, it's why the church needs to get back to understanding what does the Bible say about honor? What is honor? Who are we supposed to honor? Because we are going to be responsible for bringing honor back. You, you should, when you embrace honor, you will look weird to the rest of the world. When you honor people, you should look strange. The Bible says we're a peculiar people. Honor should be a, honor is a peculiar thing. Shouldn't be, but it is. And I just propose that there's some things in the area of honor that we've let slip. I think the church has started allowing the, the ways of the world, the ways of culture to even shape us, where all of a sudden it's like we have permission to pretty much talk, and social media has done this as well. All of a sudden we've pretty much have a permission, we think, to pretty much say and do anything we say. Anything, any, we can say anything about any, anyone as long as we are being true to ourselves. I mean, after all, our Constitution gives us what? Freedom of speech. I've said this before, I'll say it again. The Constitution gives you freedom of speech, but the Bible does not. 
<laughs> the Constitution may give you freedom of speech, but the Bible does not. In fact, the Bible says if a man has full control over his tongue, he's a perfect person. So learning to submit your tongue to the Word of God, submit your mouth to the things of God, there's a level of maturity that, that we're talking about there. And so uh, moving forward, I, I want to answer two questions today, very simple. One is what is honor, which we'll do briefly. But then second of all, I want to talk about who should we honor? Who should we honor? What is honor and who should we honor? Honor, by definition, is to value and respect, to treat as precious, to treat as weighty. That's, I think that's my favorite definition. It means a lot. It gives me a lot of imagery when I think of that word weighty. Um, to treat as weighty or valuable. To value and respect, to treat as precious, to treat as weighty or valuable. I remember growing up as a kid uh, on a ranch with my granddad. We had to go feed the cows sometimes. You'd pull into the pasture, start honking the horn, and all of a sudden all the cows would come running, uh, and we would have to, especially if it wasn't a lot of rain, we'd have to cake the cows. Now, that's not actual birthday cake, so for those of you who've never done this, but it's like it's a, it's a pellet. It's a large pellet that we call, you know, cake. And so what you would do is you'd have all these cows coming, tear a hole in the bag, and you'd walk down the road, and you'd just dump a little bit out for about 75 to 100 yards. You'd just kind of spread it out so all the cows got uh, something to eat. And I remember uh, as a child, like, it was always a little bit nerve-wracking, like, especially when you were a young kid. Like, you've got all these cows running because they heard the horn. They know that means food. So they're just, they're running. And you just, for some reason, you just always believe that they were charging you. Like, it's like it never crossed your mind that you were holding their food. It's like, they're charging, they're mad, they're, stampede's coming, you know. And, but it was not really the cows that you were concerned about, it was the bull. And like, something in you just knew, he hates me. He absolutely hates me. If I turn my back on him for too long, he's coming, you know. And I just remember, as I was feeding, like, always my head was on a swivel, wanting to know where the bull's at. What's he doing? What's he acting like? Is he snorting? Is he slinging dirt? What's he doing? You know, it, like... It was because I, I, was, I was honoring him I, in a way. I was valuing him. I, I did everything that I did in light of the bull, so to speak. And in a lot of ways, that's what honor is. When I say I honor something or I honor someone, I make every decision I make in light of that person or in light of that thing. Everything I do, I, I'm thinking about that. And, uh, and so, I wanna, again, I want to answer this question you know, we just gave the definition of what is honor, but I want to I take that idea and, and answer the question, who do we honor? Who do we honor? Matthew chapter 22, there's the great commandment. Uh, Jesus gets kind of tested by this guy, says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law. Jesus says to him, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Uh, this is the first and greatest commandment. And then the second is like, to it, like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you were to boil down the great commandment, it's love God, love people. Love God, love people. Well, I want to use that same outline today as we talk about honor and answering the question, who do we honor? We honor God and we honor people. We honor God and we honor people. I think the bigger question comes when we start saying, okay, we honor people. Um, which people? And, and that's going to be where we have a little bit of fun with it. But let's, let's start with honoring God. Uh, this should be a no-brainer. I think everybody in this room would say to a certain degree, or I would hope that you would say, uh, that I have honor for God. But instead of just blowing right past it, uh, I, I want to just take a minute and say, okay, do we actually honor God? Do we honor the Father? Do we honor the Son? Do we honor the Holy Spirit? Do we, do we honor His Word? Each of those things are, 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 are aspects of the nature of God or, of, or persons 
in the Godhead. And so when we say honor God, do we, do we actually honor him? Do we honor the Father? Jesus taught the disciples to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There was some, the kids are saying, put some respect on his name. You got to put a little respect on his name. You know, like, do you actually honor the Father? Do you honor the things of God? I, I even thought about this, you know, do we honor, even as when we come to church, do we honor the fact that the scripture teaches us that where two or more are gathered in his name, that he's there? When you come to church, are you just coming to church? Are you aware of the fact that he's here? Like, is there a, is there a level of referen- a reverence that in this, in this, uh, this concept, is it, is it checking a box or are we, actually, are we actually aware of the fact like, no, like he's here. Like the God of the universe is, is here. He's present with us. Do we honor the Son? I, you know, G- Leanne led us in communion, and I, I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of Christianity can be summed up in what do you do with that cup? What do you do with that cup? How do you perceive the Lord's body? How do you perceive the Lord's uh, the, the, the cup, the blood? Uh, how, what do you do with that? There's, there's nothing more honoring to Jesus than to honor what he did. And one of the ways that we honor what Jesus did is we choose to give weight to what the new covenant bought for us. And I, I don't have time to teach on this, but you know, the enemy's the accuser of the brethren, Scripture says. He's, he's always accusing you, trying to bring on guilt, shame, and condemnation. Well, I can honor Jesus or give weight to what he did by every time those thoughts, those, those condemning, uh, shameful thoughts come, I can give weight to Jesus by giving weight to the new covenant by saying, I have nothing to be ashamed of. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm giving more weight to the blood than I am the sin that I just committed. Standing in our place of freedom under the new covenant is honoring to Jesus. He gave his life so that you could feel that. He, he gave his life so that you could feel that freedom. He gave his life so that you could give that peace of mind. Give weight to what he did by living in a way worthy of what you've been called to. We honor Jesus when we do that. Another one, we honor the Holy Spirit. This is a, this is a unique one because I think a lot of times, um, especially as you're growing in the things of God, this can, this can slide by. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as it pertains to the Holy Spirit, it said that there's this list of gifts of the Holy Spirit. In fact, you may have, well, you were here uh, earlier. We, we do this every Sunday. We leave room for the Holy Spirit to move and work however he chooses. We call it ministry time, but Leanne led us in that where if you were believing God for a miracle and you need a healing in your body, you saw me give a word of knowledge to Logan. These are, these are gifts of the Spirit. But a lot of times, in, especially if you're new to this type of environment, it'd be real easy to say, you know what? I don't know if I believe in that stuff. I don't know if I believe in prophecy. I don't know if I believe in healing. I don't know that I necessarily believe in those things. Well, let me just say this. In, 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 in 1 Corinthians 12, these things that we're talking about, these were gifts of the Holy Spirit. When you don't give weight to those things, what you're actually doing is saying, I honor my intellect more than I honor the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give more weight to what I understand than I do this thing called the, the, the gift of the Spirit. It's a gift. If someone were to give you a gift, let, let's just say I, I, the Lord had put you on my heart and I, I came to you and I said, I, I hope this doesn't seem strange or weird, but I feel like the Lord told me to buy you a car. Here, and, I, and I'm moved by this. Like I, it was sacrificial. Like I've been, I've been wanting to do this and I handed you the keys to a new car and you just folded your hand and said, no, I can buy my own car. 
That would be how, think about how disrespectful or dishonoring that would be if I came and brought you a gift and you crossed your arms and said, I don't understand why you would have done that. And so since I don't understand why this is necessary, I'm not going to accept the gift. When we don't accept the gifts of the Spirit, when we don't embrace, even by faith, the gifts of the Spirit, we're saying, I actually don't honor you the way I honor myself. That's fun, huh? I, I can be honest with you here. Most of the, the greatest encounters I've had with the Lord have all been on the tail of me giving honor to the Holy Spirit far beyond my level of understanding and my level of comfort. I was talking to a, a couple that goes to this church, uh, and I don't get this opportunity very often. It's a really cool uh, meal we got to have together, and just I was able to ask some questions and say, like, as I've gotten to know about them from other people, uh, they really probably shouldn't be coming to this church. And I asked them, I said, so why, why did you eventually come? And they said, well, honestly, we didn't want to come. Uh, you and Keith invited us, and I said we would come, and, and then I had no intentions of coming. I just said yes because y'all were standing there. And finally one day I just felt like I'm literally lying to them every time because we would see her at this one venue every now and then, and we'd, we'd say, hey, I thought you were coming. And she goes, I had never intended to come, but I just thought, oh, yeah, I think we're going to come try you guys out. No, we're not coming to try you guys out. And... <laughs> She said, one day I just got convicted because I knew I was lying. And so we showed up and she said, uh, and honestly, the first service was terrible. Um, she said, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> but what she said was, she said, you, you, in ministry time, we all have ministry time, uh, I had never seen anything like that. I'd never been a part of anything like that. And then you made us all like raise hands and then told everybody we had to go gather around and put our hands on them. And she was like, I do not want to do this. And she's like, but I didn't, want to, I didn't want to be the one that wasn't doing it. And she said, so I literally walked over to the person closest to me that had their hand laid, raised, and I laid hands on them and prayed for myself. Like, and, and she said, I just began to pray like, Lord, this seems so weird. You're going to have to confirm in me if this is even real or not. I don't even think I believe in all this stuff. And I was like, really? And she's like, and I said, well, why did you come back then? Like, if, if you hated it this much, like, why did you come back? And she goes, you know, if I'm just being honest with you, I just began to have this thought, what if it's real? What if all my life, I mean, I see, I've seen it in scripture, so it wasn't like you guys were doing anything that wasn't scriptural. I just had never seen it, and I was uncomfortable with it. This is a, this is a girl now who's now seen multiple miracles done by her hands and praying over people at work. She, she prayed for a lady, her and a bunch of ladies and girls at work, she just got lit on fire with this. And so she, she, this one lady was having some problems, made the lady lay down in the middle of the office and a bunch of ladies came and laid hands on her. She got radically healed. And so, and it's, it's, it's funny watching this happen all because someone said, Holy Spirit, I'm gonna give more honor to you than I do my previous experience. I, I, this is crazy, this is weird, but I'm gonna give honor to that still small voice on the inside of me. Because can we just be honest, sometimes, Steps of faith are not glaringly clear. Like when the Lord calls you to do something crazy, most of the time it's not glaringly clear. This will help you. In fact, some of you that have a, think you have a hard time hearing God. No, you're hearing God. You're just not doing anything with the little words you're hearing. Because most of the time when God's speaking, he's not lighting a bush on fire in front of you. He's not, I remember me and Leanne first started dating. Like I, I was so happy to finally, like she, she went on a date and I was like, oh, this is going to happen. And I went in for a kiss and she like, no, no, wait. And I was like, and I literally told her, I was like, 
what are you waiting for? Like a burning bush? Like what, what's a guy got to do around here? Get a little action, you know? My daughter's on the front row. So. But most of the time, especially as it pertains to the Holy Spirit, he's such, I mean, think of the, even the bird that, that is used. He's not, the Holy Spirit's not the bald eagle with the talons and the aggressiveness and a bird. No, he's, the whole, he's a, a dove. He's a gentle bird. Uh, the Holy Spirit, when he begins to move, it's not like the Lord's going to come in and force you to believe in some of this stuff. It's going to be this gentle nudge, much like what this girl experienced. What if this is real? What if, this is re- what if the Bible is actually real in this area? What if there's so much more to the things of God than I've ever experienced before? And if I just lean in just a little bit, I'm so, I'm so glad that we serve a God that moves close to us when we just barely lean in. I love that even about the nature of our father. You saw that in the story of the prodigal son. As soon as he started coming back, the Bible says the father saw him from afar off. He didn't even have to come all the way to the father. He just needed to turn his, 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 his compass towards the father and the father met him where he was at. I, I believe that some of you, you're this close. You're a little lean into the things of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's gonna meet you right where you're at. He's gonna give you that thing that you're like, man, I just, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is legit. What are you doing? I'm giving weight to what the scripture says about the Holy Spirit. I'm giving honor to the Holy Spirit. We want to honor the word of God. I'll cruise through some of this because I actually want to talk about people for just a second, but we want to honor the word of God. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word, the word was God. The word, I'm sorry, the word, in the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. It's, 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 um, it's easy, but it's not simple. It's easy to say that the word of God is the final authority in my life. It's, that's, that's simple to say that. It's just not always easy to walk it out. It's not easy to bless those who curse you. That is not easy. It's simple because it's in the scripture. It's, it's, so it's, it's, it's simple. It's just not easy. But if I honor the word in every area of my life, whether it has to do with my marriage whether, you know, one of the things that's, that's so, so politicized right now is, you know, with the uh, opinion papers of the Supreme Court being pre-released, uh, however that happened, where it would appear as though the federal government's, the Supreme Court's fixing to strike down Roe versus Wade. And there's all this backlash and all this stuff happening on. And there are even Christians that have embraced this idea, some of the world's belief of it's, it's my body. See, Scripture says that we belong to the Lord, that it's actually not our body. And that's not minimizing some of the terrible things that happen that get you know, women in these positions. And so I, I can imagine that, let's just say you were there was a terrible situation when you end up pregnant from a terrible situation, it's going to require great honor and you're going to have to give the, the word great weight to choose. Say, you know what? I, don't, I hate how this happened to me, but the weight of thou shalt not kill and this is not my body, is not my own, is heavier to me than even the negative emotions I'm feeling around this other thing. I, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm literally blown away by some of the perspectives of Christians. Again, don't be conformed of, by, to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, simple, just not easy sometimes. 
Next thing you know, you're sitting there, well, what if in this situation, this situation, you can give me every situation you want. The scripture hasn't changed. Bible hasn't changed on this. Please hear my heart. I'm not trying to heap condemnation on anyone. That's not what this is about. So if you're in here and you've had that, you've had that, you've had an abortion or anything like that, and more than likely, if you have, you, you deal with more torturous shame than anybody in the room. And I want you to be free from that and release of that. But I, I also want you to have scripture. It's oftentimes it's hard to walk out something difficult if you don't have scripture. That's why this Bible exists. That's why scripture exists. Because you can say, I have faith in the word of God. My emotions, my feelings, my thoughts are saying a billion different things. But what does the word say? The word is final authority in my life. I give honor, I give weight to the word. But I'll end here. I didn't even get to this part in the first service, but I really feel like we're supposed to at least touch on this. Great commandment, love God, love people. So we're talking about honoring God and honoring people. Answer the question, which people deserve honor? 1 Peter 2, 17. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor everyone. That means honor your ex-wife. Honor your ex-husband. Honor Democrats. Honor Republicans. Honor people who are pro-choice. Oh, wait, Pastor, you just told me that. No, no, no. I, I'm just reading some scripture here. You, you know you can be strong on sin. Jesus hated sin. I heard Bill Johnson say this the other day. He said, you'll never love well until you hate well. Until you learn to hate what he hates, you'll never love what he loves the same way he loves it. He hates sin. He loves people. Honor everyone. Honor the President of the United States. Honor Joe Biden. Honor Kamala Harris. Honor AOC. Honor I'm not gonna, I don't, I feel like I was going to touch on something that might be a little bit too far. Um, it's interesting, that word everyone in um, Hebrew actually means everyone. So, pre- preacher joke. Everyone. Did you know that you can 100% disagree with someone and honor them at the same time? You wouldn't know about looking at culture. But there's this, there's this beautiful, I, I, I often say this, like it, one of my goals, and this is, this is narrowed down a little bit, but one of the goals and, and one of the things we even talk about even in our, amongst our leadership team is like I, I, we have to find a way to gain the same rep- reputation that Jesus did. Jesus had a reputation. He was friend of sinners by reputation and he hated sin. He had the wisdom to know how to engage with people who he 100% disagreed with, yet with such honor for them as humanity that they're like, you know what? You kind of made me mad just then, but I kind of like you. Pretty much don't like the fact you just told me that straight to my face. Like you just, like the woman at the well, hey, where's your husband? Well, I don't have a husband. That's right. You had five others. You've been hooking up with five dudes and the guy you're with now you're not even married to. 
I mean, that's pretty straight up, right? <laughs> I love her response. I perceive you are a prophet. <laughs> so perceptive, you know. He had this incredible ability to confront things. I tell my wife, one of these days I want to write a book called On Christian Confrontation. As a Christian, walking in love doesn't mean you never confront something. You, you better get really good at You'll raise terrible children if you don't learn to confront things. You'll, I, I've got some daughters that I, I need some of you to raise better sons. Like, I'm scouting. You, you can confront with strength, yet love with empathy and honor completely. I, and I don't have time to go all the stories, but, you know, um, the scripture is very clear. Honor, honor everyone. And you know, it's interesting. He goes on and says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God. And then he says, honor the emperor. I, I felt called, like where I was supposed to preach this and really touch on this idea of honoring the emperor and honoring governmental authorities. I genuinely do feel this. Like I feel like we going into some of these next election cycles, some of the change that I believe needs to happen in our country, it's, it has to come from a place of honor, not anger. And we have to, we have to, I just got this image of all of a sudden that I'm going to the ballot with no anger and no dishonor, just a king, a heart turned toward the kingdom. And, and I, and I, I try to be careful on this because I have some friends who don't politically agree with me and they have strong opinions as to why they vote the way that they do. And, and, and I love, these are amazing people. I remember I got a text message in the uh, right before the last presidential election and there was a little group text with some of us and uh, this one, the outspoken one said, if you care anything about our democracy, here's how you'll vote. And I said, well, with all due respect, you know I don't agree with you. <laughs> so you vote, you, you do you, you do you, boo-boo, I do me, you know. But I, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily, necessarily trying to say, I'm, I don't want to ever dictate. I, actually, what I want to have is the wisdom to be able to have text, messages group, text message groups like that and still be friends. We're still, every now and then, that same couple, the husband especially, we love a good worship song. And every now and then, like, We'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm jamming to this right now. So I'll turn it on knowing that me and him are worshiping to the same song at the same time. These are friends of mine, and I totally disagree with their perspective. But we have to be willing to, whatever our conviction is, whatever we feel like God's saying to us, we have, in this, some of these next election cycles, we need to, it doesn't need to be an angry response to humanity that causes us to go to the ballot box. It needs to be a righteous conviction for truth a righteous conviction. And even with that righteous, righteous conviction, if you totally disagree with my righteous conviction, I love you and I honor you. And you will not, there's a lot of Christians right now, a lot of high profile, I won't name their names, but there's a lot of high profile Christians that are getting a big following by being very dishonoring to the side that they don't agree with. It's not scriptural. And I would propose that the, the following is increasing because there's too many Christians that still want to tickle their flesh and not follow the Spirit. The Spirit is never dishonoring. Never. And if to get your point across, you have to dishonor, your point's not worth hearing. This, this scripture, 
honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Some people would say, man, there's just too much at stake. We've got to be aggressive and bold. And, and they, 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 want to, they want to just gray out the scripture so they can act however they want to act is what a lot of them do. But I just want to read this. That, that honor the scripture. I, 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 when I read that, or honor the emperor, when I read that, I was like, what is, I wonder which emperor that was. So I did a little research. It's actually the emperor Nero. Uh, Nero, uh, his, um, I'm going to skip through some of this, but then I want to read. Claudius was the emperor. Nero was his nephew. He adopted his nephew so that he would be the next emperor in line. Um, it says Nero was adopted by his great uncle Claudius to become his successor upon Claudius's death. Uh, in AD 54, Nero became the youngest emperor at age 16. His reign lasted nearly 14 years until AD 68 when he committed suicide at the age of 30. So this Nero emperor, when this was written to honor the emperor, this was somebody that was somewhere between the age of 16 and 30. Look, can we all just be honest? Let's just start at the age of 16. How many 16-year-old boys have you thought, I want to honor that man? That 16-year-old right there worthy of so much honor. Not just that, says, now let me read. It says, Nero's legacy was not a pleasant one. Although his regime be began with mildness and idealism, it ended with cruelty and tyranny. He began murdering anyone who became an obstacle to him. His victims include his own wife and mother, as well as his stepbrother, Britannicus, Emperor Claudius' biological son. In July of 64, the great fire of Rome broke out and lasted for six days. Of Rome's 14 districts, only three escaped damage from the fire. Some historians believe Nero may have been responsible for the fire, although his involvement was not clear. What is clear is that Nero deflected the focus from himself by blaming the fire on other Christians, or on Christians, many of whom he tortured and killed. The historian Tacitus describes these atrocities, says, covered with the skin of beasts, Christians were torn by dogs and perished. They were nailed to crosses and were doomed to the flames and burnt to serve as nightly illumination when daylight had expired. Nero's use of Christians as human torches to light his evening garden parties is well documented. Ultimately, it is his brutality it is the brutality inflicted on early Christians for which Nero is best remembered. So I want you to try to picture yourself. You're in a little house church, which is probably what was going on here in 1 Peter. You're in a, you're in a little house church and Peter's, Peter's come to you and said, hey, I want to talk to you guys tonight about honor. You have to honor everyone. You have to love the brotherhood, but you've got to honor the emperor. He's saying this while it is possible that one of your family members is on fire, being used as a human torch to light the parties of an evil 18-year-old to 20-year-old emperor who hates Christians, who's murdering Christians, and you're, you're still grieving the loss of a loved one. They are the human torch right there near your house church, and Peter's saying, honor the emperor. Can I just tell you, there is no circumstance that you, can ever, you ever will come up with that gives you right not to honor every person on this planet. Every person on this planet, whether lost or found, is a child of God, which means they have value. And I think it's high time as believers we, we start remembering that when we so quickly run to our keyboards on social media to let everybody know what we think about this or that or that, whatever. We are not differentiating ourselves from the world and the ways of the world when we talk and act just like them as it pertains to people that we don't agree with. I'll tell you what's, what my 
what might be more evangelistic than anything you do is be the only person that never talks negatively about another person. That's not, it seems so simple. <laughs> I, but I mean, I'm telling you, I'll catch myself and I'll just be really honest. You know, as a, as a pastor, pretty much what we do all day long is talk about y'all. That's, that's what we do. How's so-and-so? What's going on with so-and-so? Well, this person's going this, da, da, da. And when your life is people and dealing with their problems and you're hearing all the things that people go through, it is real easy to look up one day and you have lost honor for someone. You have lost respect. And next thing you know, you're a little too loose with the tongue about how you talk about people. It's real easy to get in that. And man, I just recently been like super convicted in this area. It's like, wow, I really don't agree with what they're doing, but Lord, I honor them. I've had to just start, Bible says, call those things that be not as though they were. I'm, I'm having to remind myself that by faith I honor some people because I don't like them right now. <laughs> but I, if I don't, I don't have his heart yet. If it's hard for me to honor them, I do not think like he thinks yet. I have not been transformed by the renewing of my mind yet. I'm still in some ways conforming to the ways of the world because I do not see the value in that person or I would not open my mouth and say that. I think it'd do us all some good just to say, you know what, I gotta repent. I, I mean, honor everyone, honor the emperor, honor this person. I had a lady come up to me in Midland last week just, and I felt sorry, I felt bad, because she was shaking. She was shaking and crying, and she said, I need to talk to someone. She said, I heard your message, but after what my, what my mom and my dad did to me, I, I just can't honor them. And so I'm not acting like there are not situations out there that would require an immense amount of faith for you to walk in love and to honor. But what I am telling you is that I believe that the answer to your hurt is to honor. You'll never heal if you never honor. And it might be by faith for a season. Lord, I even say again, I forgive them and I honor them. I forgive them and I honor them. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.